This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Kate Delaney, thanks so much for joining us here on the winter weather edition of this show. Although in all seriousness, while so many of you are dealing with snow plows and slick roads and just some areas that are impassable to pass and roadways that have been blocked up. I mean, for goodness sake, the Hollywood sign in Southern California saw a dusting of snow. That is something that you don't see in Southern California, but it really was the Midwest that got slammed, especially Minneapolis and St. Paul and Michigan and that area. So right off the bat, we bring in our technical wizard, that would be Alex K, as he is at the mothership in the middle of the chaos. Hey for, guys, uh, <laughs> for that look at what is it really like to be in the middle of this? So, Alex, what was it like for you coming in and, and give us an idea of the lay of the land of of what it's like? Yeah, so started the day charging a target in my Minnesota issued snow boots. <laughs> No, but it it really is bad. We got, like, a foot of snow. You know, there was someone outside of my house stuck for a good couple hours this morning. Really? Wow. Yeah, because they, cause they couldn't move, right? Not, not only could they not move, but the five people helping could not move them. Oh, wow. And that's probably a familiar scene all around the city. Certainly, yep. Yeah. So is this the worst in your in your young life that you've seen? It's not the worst blizzard, that's for sure. It's not the worst blizzard, but it's a blizzard nonetheless. And I think what Alex described, thanks Alex, about the fact that right out of his window, someone's trapped and other people are trying to help, they're stuck. That was what I kept seeing. That's what I kept hearing. That's what I saw when I checked social media. So nearly one million people reported in this cross-country, crazy, bizarre winter storm with uh, blizzard conditions, more icing, and snow ahead for still more areas. But when you talk about the Great Lakes region, New York, New England, Warnings started to quickly drop off across the northern plains and Great Lakes, and then they bounced into these other areas. So with businesses and homes, mainly in Michigan especially, they were hit by freezing rain and ice, and that damages, of course, the poles, the utility lines and the trees. And then things come down, and, and that's the worst, because it is terrible when you don't have power. We know that, right? Um, I've said this before, but... Boom, boom, out go the lights, or uh, all of a sudden you're in the middle of something and you're just not, even if you have backup, do you have backup for the backup? And and not everybody can claim that. You know, there was 32 inches in northwest Montana and up to about six inches across Nebraska and the Dakotas. So a lot of the search and rescue operations underway Wednesday evening across Wyoming, trying to recover 
some people that got stuck in the heavy snow and uh, where Alex K is in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, more than 13 inches in a three-day period, 160 car crashes were reported statewide and dozens of cars, this is familiar, spun off roads. And this is always the thing that uh, they worry about. In Wisconsin, it was like the similar scene, right? The plowing, the freezing, the people stuck and trapped and and uh, all of that. And of course, 1,600 flights plus canceled because of the winter storm hitting. So cancellations and people that were stuck wherever they were stuck because you couldn't get from one place to the to the other. And naturally, that that hits the airport. But I think that's expected when you see that that kind of those kinds of conditions. I mentioned how rare it is, right? Out west, California, Los Angeles, Ventura counties, blizzard warnings from Friday morning through Saturday afternoon. First blizzard warning issued in LA since 1989. What's crazy is nearly the entire, and I said this, the entire population of California in a previous show will be able to see snow from some vantage point later this week if they look in the right direction. Wow, that's something that you really, really can't claim uh, very often. (laughs) That's why I said 1989. So Green Bay had problems. They had to cancel daily flights and most of their flights Thursday morning. Uh, Road closures, even Arizona struggled with some of that. And uh, state offices, a lot of state offices were shut down on Thursday because of the amount of the amount of snow that uh, hit some of those points and very different in parts of the south, especially in Florida, where it's just a little bit warmer. But certainly nobody's talking about snowflakes. All right. Coming up on this show, your thoughts. Some of you talking about shoveling as we'll hit the mailbag. In fact, in our next segment, plus. Oh, yeah, it's that time. The tax man cometh. We have a conversation coming up with Karen Orozco about the big changes ahead for some people, especially those that are part of the gig economy. And uh, there are so many because things have changed. And then, of course, coming out of the pandemic, a lot has changed, too. And what about people who happen to have a little bit of uh, crypto? What does that mean What is it like for Gen Z doing, in some cases, their first-time taxes? What's the first go-around like? And how do you generally prepare for that? And, of course, Karen Orozco is the president of the Global Consumer Tax and Service Delivery H&R Block Service. So we look forward to to speaking with uh, her. And then a conversation with James Pitar in Australia, who is a guy who went blind when he was 16, and these this open, open water, easy for me to say, swimming that he does, and the places that he's done it, it's phenomenal. What an inspiration he is. I mean, it just blew my mind to hear all the things that he accomplished, um, and not not having sight, right? So, as he says, it's like you just you keep going. It's not about that. It's about he his his book is blind vision. He he had a different vision for himself, and boy, uh, did he certainly live it. Wait till you hear his story. It 
It will absolutely inspire you. The Ohio train derailment that is still so shocking because there were so many moments where this could have been prevented. That site finally toured by the transportation secretary, the EPA just cleaning things up day by day by day, a health clinic that was just opened up a couple of uh, days ago for people there who worry about their symptoms because some are having trouble breathing. There's rashes and nausea. And is it linked to the derailment? What about the water in, in Palestine? A lot of you had uh, some things to say about that, too, as well. What's it like when you live near uh, a rail line? We're going there next as we dive into the virtual mailbag. It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. We all know something big is coming, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration systems, heirloom seeds for your garden, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. Hi, this is Kate Delaney. I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the No Drone Zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. Behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog, yeah, that's Guinness. He is the mascot. Go to Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney. At 
Kate S. Delaney. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave, and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to katedelaneyradio.com. Let's dig in the mailbag. All right, first we go right to the Carolinas and Bob, who says, Kate, I know I've heard you talk about this, not too much, but about what's happening in the Murdoch case. Wow. Alex Murdoch, uh, you just look at him and I... I think there's something about him that makes you want to just go after him. This is a guy who I believe he's that South Carolina attorney. I believe that he killed his wife and son. And of course, we live in a country where you're innocent until proven guilty. But now he takes the stand, which is kind of a big move and admits to lying to investigators and testified in his own defense so rare, as you know, in his uh, murder trial. And you listen to his story, and, and it's just so cockamamie. And and as you piece it together, you wonder, what is this jury thinking? Um, what a heinous crime, and I hope, because I do believe he's guilty, that they nail him for this. But uh, again, he does have to go through the trial process so what do you say? Um, you know, I think he's creepy. I think it's creepy watching him. I do. But creepy doesn't mean guilty. Like you said, uh, you know, he it's like all of a sudden he's like, I misled people. I lied to police. I stole clients money when he was so vehemently denying all of that. And of course, he denied shooting Maggie, his wife and Paul, his son, back in June of 21 on this huge property that they, they had in, uh, in South Carolina. And he said he would never intentionally do anything to hurt either one of them. And, you know, it's interesting because he's in the midst of this uh, 100 other financial crimes that he's accused of deal. Stealing money from clients, money laundering, tax evasion, insurance fraud. I mean, the guy was dripping in problems, serious financial problems. So the South Carolina Attorney General's office is seeking life in prison if he is convicted. One of his sons is alive. Um, You could hear his voice on a cell phone video taken at the kennels where the wife and son were killed about five minutes before the shootings. And he repeatedly lied to police investigators about the last time he saw his wife and son, where he referred to them by their nicknames on the stand. So um, it seems so odd to me. I mean, it seemed like, like he thought in his head, like the ex-attorney he was, uh, well, I'm just, I guess I'll just get take the stand, and I've got to admit that um, 
yes, I, I was there. I, I just lied. And I was at the kennels. I mean, and they, they were murdered. So he's there five minutes before they're murdered. But here's the thing. Uh, a murder weapon, right? Bloody clothes, all of that. I mean, he he, he testified that he called 911 as he said he tried to tend to his family and and, you know, check their pulses, all that kind of stuff. But the main deal is... He, they don't have a murder weapon, right? They don't have a murder weapon. He testified that he got blood on on him after touching the bodies, but that he no way had high velocity blood splatter. I can't imagine. I, I, and you listen to the calls, and you listen to some of this testimony, and and if I'm on that jury, you know what am I thinking? about this guy so bob you're right it is twisted it is whacked there's a special i don't know if it's on netflix or somewhere where they talk about the crimes there's been a lot written about murdoch and the things that he was doing and then of course the killings and what happens so we'll see all right quickly let's move on this one's from bill kate i have family in the minneapolis you call it and dang it is a ton of snow uh, you know, when you talk about winter storms and you see these 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 roads that are lined deep with the white stuff, you know it's pretty bad. I wouldn't want to be out there navigating some of those areas, but of course some of them would be passable depending on whether they were plowed or or not. And there are some communities that would be plowed better than others, including you know, there's neighbors that help neighbors jump out, and they've got this down pat, even when it's a horrific amount of s- snow, uh, and others where you just don't have that. So I think it depends maybe even from street to street. I, I don't think that's so unusual. You see some of the police and emergency crews that are trying to free up the cars and trucks and whatever else, and it just makes you wonder, um, is it really worth it to live in that I used to live in that area, and of course I um, moved to the Carolinas after I had enough and right during the pandemic, and I haven't really regretted that decision, brr. So (laughs) I like to end with the brr. I think that a lot of people do the dual thing if they can. Well, especially if that's the whole idea, snowbirds, right? They have a place where they can go someplace warm, and they avoid the winter weather because they don't want to have to snow plow or worry about any of that, etc. I mean, some people love the cold weather and they, they don't mind the snow. And so if you get the occasional blizzard, then, you know, you deal with the blizzard. One thing's for sure. It's got to be better for some people now because at least 38% of the country still works from home. So if you're working from home and you just have to kind of worry about your little piece of the world well that's a little bit different right because you don't really have to venture out hopefully you had some food and you're just holed up while uh, it all passes kind of over that's that's different than i have to go i have to get everything together and i have to get out and my area is not plowed very well yeah okay um let's go to frankie it's frankie this time and frankie says Kate Delaney, I um, am 
looking at a story about a Navy SEAL, and you think of what they go through and what their life is like, sadly, who died over the weekend when he was part of this free fall parachute training. You know, so many people love that thrill and say there's nothing like jumping out of a plane. And then you hear these stories where somebody who is a SEAL, where you would think that parachute and who knows, more, there's probably more of the story, was packed correctly, is um, is killed in what is a training exercise that should be relatively, I say relatively, safe. My son-in-law is a Navy SEAL, and I was talking to him about it, and, and I certainly know from his experiences what he had to go through to become a SEAL. And, uh, boy, I feel sorry for uh, this SEAL's family because it's so unusual to hear those stories. Yeah, you know, he was a... Um, he was training in Arizona when it happened, and they got him to the hospital, but of course he he died. And it he's the um you know, he was the chief special warfare operator, uh Michael Ernst. And from all accounts and of, of course he enlisted in two thousand and nine, he went to Navy SEAL training, and he was one of the best of the best. I mean, he got the Silver Star. That's the third highest, I think, decoration for valor in combat that you can get and a bunch of other awards and and all of that. So, of course, the Navy's investigating it, if they would, but it doesn't bring him back. But what a sad uh, thing. And they haven't had, although it was a couple years ago, they haven't had anything recently, but in December of 2021, there was a another commander who died from injuries that he got during a fast rope training exercise, where you descend, you know, quickly on the rope from an aerial platform, for like a helicopter. And, and so here we go with the parachute thing. I'll be curious to see what this is chalked up to be, but yeah, it's so rare to. It's so rare to hear that about a SEAL with everything that they deal with, the operations, the secret operations, the incredible amount of stamina and everything else that you, you have to have to be a, a SEAL. I mean, that is, that's the elite of the elite. So very sad. And, the, and you do wonder about the whole parachuting thing, right? Although my nephew did it. He said it was the, one of the best things he ever did. And he was like, two of my nephews did it. They just did it um, less than a year ago. They were in the Carolinas and, and said that there was absolutely nothing like that feeling. All right, you can always email me 24-7, kate at katedelaneyradio.com. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream for the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Okay, 25,000 cheering extras.
Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. USA News Update. Fresh imagery from NASA reveals a disconcerting trend. The land beneath several major East Coast cities is sinking. Extensive surveys were conducted from New England to Florida. The findings indicate that key cities like New York, Baltimore, and Norfolk experienced sinking between 2007 and 2020. A number of federal agencies are conducting investigations to determine whether Thursday's cell phone outages came from mere technical glitches or were a cyber attack. According to ABC News, among the agencies involved in determining the cause of the coverage loss are the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security. Mortgage rates have climbed for the third consecutive week. According to Freddie Mac's data, the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage averaged 6.9% this week, marking an increase from just under 6.8% last week. This contrasts with 6.5% a year ago. John Schaefer, USA News. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. I need to pay my taxes. What are my payment options? The IRS has several options for paying your taxes. You can pay with IRS Direct Pay, a debit or credit card, or with an electronic funds withdrawal when you e-file your return. If you can't pay the full amount, consider paying over time with an online payment agreement or our Offer in Compromise program. Both tools are available on irs.gov. Go to irs.gov payment to find an option that is best suited for you. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Wait till you meet James Pitar. He is in our virtual green room. And 
and joining us from Australia with an incredible book and incredible story, one that is so inspirational. I think that you should run out and buy it immediately. The book is called A Blind Man's Courage in the Face of Loss, Triumph, and Love. Let me set this up before we go to James. Imagine this. You're living the sweet life, good family. Everything's going along swimmingly. And suddenly you get this eye disease and you start to lose your sight at 16. But yet you become an open water swimmer. It doesn't stop you. It doesn't slow you down in a sense. James, thanks for coming on. Thank you. And and, and the book's called Blind Vision. Oh, Blind Vision, yes. So Blind Vision, tell us the details about writing this. What made you decide you were going to tell your story? I decided to write this book after doing a a charity speech where a friend of mine said, I think you should write a book about your life, your experiences, your swimming, um, the love of your wife and your family, um, and and the loss of your eyesight. And and that's where the subtitle comes from. So I set about, um, it took me almost five years, and every night for four months uh, I would spend 25 minutes on a dictaphone putting my memory of my my life um and then after four months taking all the um the things from the dictaphone i um sent them off to get typed it was then sent back to me the typed copy um and then i then had to find an editor um my editor was fantastic as she didn't swim herself she really critiqued it she edited it she got the grammar right she um, got the English right. She was able to get the 189,000 words down to about 110,000, which was a great job, and, and that takes a lot of skill. She was able to tell me, you know, remember, not only is a swimming people going to read this, but everybody's going to read this book, James. You need to make it so that everybody can understand what is meant by open water swimming or marathon swimming, and you use all these terms as, as swimming terms, but remember there are people out there who are going to read this book and enjoy it, and won't know anything about swimming. And it was great to have an editor who was that way inclined, who couldn't, didn't know anything about swimming and had to ask me a lot of information about the terms I used. And, and she really put it into a nice, succinct way, which really flowed really well through the 19 chapters. You mentioned it now a couple times too, and I mentioned it in, in introducing you, open water swimming, uh, English Channel, Barron Strait, Molokai Channel, wow, Take us through that. How do you go from this 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 kid at sixteen that's losing his eyesight to doing some of the most incredible feats that one can imagine? Well, I, 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 well, my my parents are always very much into swimming, um, and they got us my my brother and sister and myself involved in swimming. And when I started losing my eyesight, I really enjoyed swimming. I, I got involved in the blind swimming pool competitions, but I realised I wasn't quick enough. And I, I got involved in my first ever open water swim with my brother, um, and it was a two and a half k swim from one beach to the next beach um, in Sydney. And from memory, it was quite funny in that my brother came and swam with me, and everyone went off go. There were nine hundred swimmers, and we all wore orange caps. And at one point, my brother uh, he lost me, and he said to his mate, "Where is he?" And his mate said, "He's there with the orange cap on." And my brother said. Yeah, there's 900 of them as well. But he did eventually find me and, and we did the swim. And at the end of the swim, I thought, I really love that. And I started getting involved in the longer swims, like six and eight Ks in lakes with my friends and my brothers and other people who'd swim with me. 
And then I really, one, one day I met the great Des Renford. Um, for those who don't know, Des Renford is an Australian who attempted the English Channel 19 times and succeeded 19 times. And I said to myself, I want to swim the English Channel. And, and that was really the start of it in 1991 um, when, when I met Des and I went, that's what I want to do. And it took me um, till 1998 to swim the English Channel. But it was really about the process. And the process was about, A, you know, proving that you could swim the English Channel as a um, And that was a um, that that took some time and, and and then knowing the rules of the English Channel you can't touch anyone on board the boat or the boat itself or the people and and trying to have trying to think outside the the box for a blind person you know, how was I going to swim in the open water when I can't touch anyone as that's deemed as assistance so we had things like a loud hailer a bit one long blast for left and two short ones for right and feeding poles for my feed. And, and it was a ball, the process. It was a long process to get to, just to get to the start line at, at, um, at Dover Harbour. And I thought, yep, I've, I've got here. I can do the swim now. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to attempt the English Channel and, and complete it on the first go, which was just a, a great thrill. It took almost 14 hours. And it was just a thrill. And I think that whole process going from go to woe, right from getting your team together. And I've always known that in all of my swims that my team does all does a lot of work for me. Unfortunately, it doesn't get a lot of the kudos sometimes, but they do a lot of work and it's an entire process that you have to go through. What was the most difficult swim for you? Most difficult swim I've ever done would be the Cook Strait Swim between South and North Island and New Zealand. Mm. It was difficult because it was around about... Um, 14, 15 degrees water temperature. That's about 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and it um, it started out in quite nice conditions. It was a sunny day and it was about a 28-kilometre swim. And it, the first six hours went really well and I was swimming well. I thought I was swimming well. Things were going well. Conditions were nice. It was sunny. Yes, it was cold in the water, but it wasn't too dramatic and then my mate on the boat said he's an hour and a half away from finishing brilliant we'll be having a, a celebratory drink and as the words left his mouth the 65k an hour wind came up and the four meter swells and for the next um, next two and a half hours i just got i just got smashed by these waves and um and it just was just kept on and i mean the advantage of I think for me, being blind, the advantage was that I couldn't see what was happening next. I couldn't see that the IRB that was next to be the inflatable rubber boat next to me was actually flipping in the air when it hit, hit waves. I couldn't see that. And um, two and a half hours later, we got to within um, 600 metres of the shoreline. And and for those 600 metres would normally, in a normal time, take me about 12 or 15 minutes. It took me 40 and um, eventually we got to the rocks and we, and we got there. And the comment that was made after the swim was, the only reason you succeeded, James, was because you couldn't see. You couldn't see all the dramas happening around. You couldn't see that there were helicopters above you waiting to whisk you off the rocks, which didn't happen, thankfully. Um, you couldn't see the drama that was unfolding around you. You just kept swimming. You kept hearing the, the whistles and you just kept swimming. And so in that regard, being blind I, was the reason I did succeed. I think other people who might have seen the commotion might might have put them off. 
Boy, no kidding. And your story is, your story is so fascinating and filled with so many moments like that. When people read Blind Vision, what do you hope they take away? I hope they take away the inspiration of the book, the inspiration of the swims, to show people that even though you're blind or you have a disability, you can do anything in life. As I said, I came from a background where, as you've said before, up to the age of 16 I could see and, and had a loving family and, and and then all of a sudden started losing my eyesight and and then was lucky enough to go out and complete open water swims all around the world. So I hope that people take the inspiration of the swims. I hope that they look at the or read the book and think about um, the swims and maybe they might want to attempt some of those swims themselves and look at what the process and what we went through and might get some inspiration. It might only just in, inspire them to go out and do a swim that they or, or a challenge in their life that they've never done before. And I think that's the aim is to inspire people, to get people to read the book. It also talks about the way I dealt with the loss of my eyesight through my family and friends and, and the how great my family and friends were um, in relation to the loss of my eyesight. Um, and then obviously the love, of, not only the love of my family, but my wife, my daughter, um, and love of friends and family, and also the love of when you're overseas doing swims and you've got um, your uh, just, just your, your three or four mates who are with you and, and their love and their respect. I hope it also, it also shows, I think, in a lot of the swims, the respect that I'm given by a lot of people around the world. Um, and I hope people take a lot of things out of it in inspiring them, getting them, looking at swims and having a lot of fun, seeing the fun and the adventures that we had, that, that I had as a blind person and the adventures in places where maybe you didn't speak um, English is not the first language and, and how you deal with that. And, and especially like, for example, you touched upon the Bering Straits swim at the start of the interview. It, the relationship of, of me coming and meeting people, 65 others on this swim, I didn't know any of them. I arrived in a Russian airport, um, you know, not knowing anyone. And in fact, was just, I got to say, was fairly, fairly scared at that point because I really didn't know any of these people. We hopped on a Russian military ship for 12 days and we swam with people from all over the world and from Russia, from Ukraine and from the United States of America and 16 other countries. And it was just a, a great time and everyone just respected each other, respected their abilities. And we got the job done, but it was, it was, and that was, I think, hopefully that it shows that. And also some of the people I've met along the way, such as I was lucky enough to do a swim from Robin Island to Blauberg from Nelson Mandela's place of imprisonment and to meet any Daniels who had been with Nelson Mandela was it, some of those people you meet along the way are just humble. And some people are just really humble. I find in open water swimming, the open water swimming community are very loving, very caring, very respectful, and always give their time. Well said. Blind Vision, A Blind Man's Courage in the Face of Loss, Triumph, and Love. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever great books are sold. James, what a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, and thank you for all your support. Hey, guys.
guys, why settle for poor quality Pouty Arco that's sold by stores and online resellers when you can get Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea at drinksupertea.com or 818-965-9113. The Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only available at drinksupertea.com. 818-965-9113. 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com. Ever feel completely down on your luck, whether it's your career or just your life? Do you look at other people and wonder, why them, not me? I'm Kate Delaney. I did it. I admit it. I've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars I've interviewed over the years, like Sir Richard Branson or the late, great John Madden, and I want to share them. Want to laugh? Want to learn? Want more out of life? Then pick up a copy of my book, Deal Your Own Destiny, Increase Your Odds, Win Big, and Become Extraordinary. Get it on Amazon today. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. February is Heart Month, and every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendivite. The final phase of extermination is set to commence now. And as population die-off becomes evident, you know it is the time of punishment in all that is written. The cover for mass die-off is evolution and global warming frauds, also used as false proof of their Christ. They are from the lines that were disinherited 2,000 years ago. Now they claim to be his Christ based upon blood type, DNA, and long lifespan. Go to unveilingthem.com. That's U-N-V-E-I-L-I-N-G them.com. a lot about this on the show. I think what people don't realize is what's going to happen with taxes, with gig work, also what goes on with crypto transactions. It's tax season. So how do you maximize the most significant financial movement of the year, which is absolutely true. We are definitely thrilled to have Karen Orozco with us. She is the president, global consumer tax and service delivery for H&R Block. I'm sure you're busy. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Well, happy tax season. Exactly. So that's the big thing. You know, you think of gig work, crypto, and there's uh, there's other things you could mix into that too. But what do you see when you look at the changes that Americans need to prepare for this tax season? 
Perhaps the biggest change this tax season is in the expiration of the pandemic relief programs. So over the last couple of years, there were programs in place that provided additional tax benefit to many tax filers. So families with children, workers who did not have any children, small business workers, those pandemic relief programs provided them additional tax benefits. Those have now expired, and that will have a big change on many tax filers' outcome this year. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, um, we look at where we are in the with the economy. How does inflation impact tax refunds this year? And, and will people, do you think, get more, well, not get more, get smaller refunds, Karen? H&R Block did a survey recently to really understand what was on the minds of Americans and found that nearly 70% of them are extremely concerned about inflation, making them even more reliant on this year's tax refund. And you mentioned for many, this is the single biggest financial transaction of the year for them, their tax refund. So we also know that to meet those inflationary demands last year, many Americans made different choices for the first time. So for instance, they may have taken a loan out against their retirement savings, or maybe they picked up a side gig or a side hustle to make ends meet, or they may have sold off crypto and have losses that they need to deal with. All of those things can have an impact on this year's tax outcome. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of people fall into that category, which then brings up the perfect question to ask you of of all people. How should someone decide if they can do it themselves, their taxes, or do they need to consult a tax pro in person? It's such a great question because taxes are such a personal situation. My situation is different from your situation. And it's also different the confidence that people have in their ability to do their own taxes. At H&R Block, we created the tax prep category, and I'm so proud of the way we've reimagined that experience so that you don't have to make that decision before you start and hope you pick the right way. You can start for free online using our do-it-yourself advanced tax solutions. You can do it yourself. And if you get in there and you uncover one of those life changes we've been talking about and you realize, "Uh uh-oh, I am not sure how to handle this the right way so I get the best outcome, we can connect you without you ever stepping foot into a tax office with one of our tax professionals. They have on average over 10 years of experience. They've seen a lot and they've helped a large number of tax filers get their best possible outcome. So I think regardless of where your confidence is, is in doing it yourself, you have options through H&R Block to make sure you get the best outcome. Yeah, this applies to my nephew and a lot of other people. Gen Zers, what do they focus on? (laughs) TikTok, texting, digital. I mean, they're young, right? So what do you do to help them? What are you guys doing to help guide them this year? Because a lot of them are first-time filers. He's an example of that. Yes, it's near and dear to my heart. My son is also in that Gen Z, and uh, that first-time filing can be really daunting to this youngest generation of Americans. About 35% of them say they intend to file on their mobile device or online. Um, And we also know about this generation, they value income diversity, meaning many of them have stitched together freelance or side gigs or side hustles. And when you have those side hustles or those side gigs, the IRS views you as a small business owner. So it can create a lot of complexity in your tax situation. It can also, though, provide you the opportunity to deduct expenses that aren't 
available to a typical employee. So for H&R Block, we want to meet these filers where they are. We want to make sure that if they want to do it themselves, they can. And like I mentioned, we can provide them help along the way to deal with some of those complex situations. Or if they want to work with one of our tax experts, they don't have to come into a tax office like prior generations may have enjoyed doing. They can do it all from the convenience of their mobile device or their computer. Yeah. And, you know, you you talk about the side hustles, gig work, which is very, very big. So what should gig workers or the contract workers know about completing their taxes? Yeah, you're right. Last year, we saw a 26% increase in gig workers. And for Gen Z, it was a 52% increase. So double that. So it is definitely rampant. And there are some really unique things for this group of folks to keep in mind. First, keep excellent records. A lot of these gig and side hustles are cash-based or they don't come with the same record-keeping tax forms that an employee would get, for instance, with a W-2. They don't come with that, so it's real. It's dependent on that individual tax filer keeping great records, making sure that they can support those additional expenses that they can claim, and it's also important to check in mid-year. Uh, at H and R Block, we provide a free mid-year tax health check-in. That's really important because you want to make sure you're on track. You know what that tax liability is going to be, and you know, for instance, do you need to be making payments throughout the year so you don't get hit with penalties for not having submitted payments throughout the year, especially important for those that have those gig and side hustles. Oh, that's great advice. Mid-year. Absolutely. I hope people listening to this really take advantage of that. So where can we learn more, Karen? Visit us at hrblock.com. We're here to help. Karen Orozco, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, a couple of quick hits before we leave this hour. Harvey Weinstein, remember him? The creepy power dude that ran Hollywood forever. 16 more years in prison after his California rape trial. He looks like such a different person from a decade ago. Sitting in the court listening, he's found guilty of rape, forced oral copulation, sexual misconduct, and that's added on to a 23-year sentence This was one of the most powerful producers that you can imagine. He's already serving in New York State Prison, but uh, he's going to be behind bars for the rest of his life. That's the bottom line in in all this. And hey, for the women that had to deal with all the things that he shoveled out at them, they got to confront him at this Los Angeles trial. And I think there's something to that, the idea that they can see his face and you know, Weinstein addressed the judge on on Thursday and said, I maintain that I'm innocent. I never raped or sexually assaulted Jane Doe one is what he said. Uh, But he is definitely never getting out of uh, a jail. 70 years old at this point for Harvey Weinstein. All right. Somebody else who had uh, the most sultry, amazing voice you can imagine and stunned some people when they knew very little about his personal life also is in a situation that uh, he's not getting out of prison anytime soon. And that would be R. Kelly. If you know anything about his music uh, and knew nothing about his personal trials and tribulations, he got 20 years now in a second federal trial, but avoids the extra prison time. So a Chicago judge 
put that out there for this child sex abuse. He's going to serve most of it simultaneously with a previous sentence for crimes in New York. He's 56 at this point, and he received last year, he got a 30-year New York sentence for sex trafficking and racketeering. The jury in Chicago, which is his hometown, convicted him in September of multiple child porn and child sex abuse charges. The prosecutors previously recommended to the judge that he serve those sentences back to back. And this was the third trial concerning sexual assault allegations that go back to the 90s for him. He was first put on trial in 2008 over a videotape mailed years earlier to the Chicago Sun-Times. Somebody went to the paper that allegedly depicted him abusing a, a minor. And then, of course, the resurgence of Me Too really was the thing that uh, stung Kelly in the end. Justice served. Music means that we got to skedaddle. Luckily, I'm not uh, shoveling any snow in between. I wish all of you the best. You have to do that. Take deep breaths and take your time. More people collapse and have heart attacks and problems because of having to dig out than one can imagine. Thanks to Alex K for his excellent, excellent work on the technicals. Woo! Always. Make it count, everybody. My name is Milan Vukovic. Ten years ago, I got frustrated with the quality of Pau Diarco tea sold in the stores. So, I founded the Pau Diarco Tea Club that now ships our super tea to over 100 countries. You too can order or get info about the original pure Pau Diarco super tea at www.drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. Why settle for less when you can order original Pure Pau Diarco and drink Super Tea for only $34.95 per pound plus shipping? Each pound makes 300 cups, which is the equivalent of 12 cents per cup for the original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea. Order now at www.drinksupertea.com. That's drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113, that's drinksupertea.com, or by calling 818-965-9113.